Welcome to the Not Old Better Show, the Beacon Monthly episode. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and this is show number 313. Last month, we announced our newest show and celebrated the inaugural program of the Beacon Monthly, our special recurring program featuring the Beacon newspaper's publisher, Stuart Rosenthal. This month is episode number two of the Beacon Monthly for the January 2019 edition of the Beacon newspaper. This month, as is the case with the Beacon Monthly series, we'll focus on the January issue of the Beacon newspaper from the perspective of publisher Stuart Rosenthal. Many hundreds of thousands read the Beacon newspaper each month, and the four regional editions of the paper feature award-winning content of health, finance, technology, housing, travel, and arts topics all focused on our 55-plus age audience. The Beacon has been a trusted local resource since 1989, is family-run, and The Beacon plays an important role reporting on senior trends and interests as a journalistic authority. In just a few moments, we will be speaking with The Beacon publisher, Stuart Rosenthal, about this month's edition, what he's learned, what has his attention, behind-the-scenes notes and bits, and what to look forward to in the January 2019 issue. Stuart Rosenthal is an enthusiastic leader and publisher, and these podcasts are simply brimming with the joy of learning fascinating new things at this important stage of life, over age 55. Of course, we hope that with very little time and effort on your part after listening today, you are suddenly armed with all sorts of interesting things to know, share, and experience. Give our podcast, The Beacon Monthly, a listen each month, and let us know what you think by leaving a rating or review on iTunes. Happy listening. And now let me welcome to the Not Old Better Show's The Beacon Monthly Podcast, publisher Stuart Rosenthal. Stuart Rosenthal, publisher of The Beacon Newspapers. Happy New Year. Great to be talking to you. Here we are in January already, but, uh, yes, it's hard but welcome to believe, back. Isn't it? It it's is. still on the way, no less. <laughs> I think it is getting cold, absolutely. Well, I know the paper is heating up, and I know you're going to have lots of (laughs) great things to talk to us about. I'll just run down a little bit about what I know is coming, and you you just jump off at any point, uh, Stuart Rosenhall, and and tell us what uh, what is most important. But I know we've got stories coming up about housing, home care options, uh, pull-out sections in January. Let's just go with it. Tell us what we can expect uh, for the January issue, and what really has your attention? Thank you. Sure. Every January, in fact, every quarter, um, we have a special housing and home care options pull-out section with different stories for those who are wanting to stay in their home and age in place, for those who are looking to move, those who want to know what kind of new out, new uh, communities are being built, uh, and also just how to bring in help to themselves in their own home if they want to stay and age in place. So among the stories that sound most interesting to me is uh, something about a new home sharing service. It's basically like a matchmaker. They take people who have homes that they've lived in for years, have extra bedrooms or a basement that hasn't been used or even you know an in-law apartment or something that's not rented, and they want to bring in some additional income, but they also want someone around the house perhaps to help out with unloading the groceries and reaching the things on the high shelves and changing batteries and light bulbs and that kind of thing. And hmm. and they are being matched with people who are looking for affordable housing and, and willing to do various things around the house or not, you know, it depends, but it's an, it's a website called silvernest.com. It's been around for about 18 months. 60,000 people apparently have used it in that amount of time. Wow. Nationwide. Wow. But they're making a special push into the Washington area because they say 
Washington, D.C. has one of the largest um, amounts of additional housing space of any place in the country. There are more older residents in the district and in this area who have room to rent and are looking for ways of staying in their homes. So they're, they're doing this matchmaking online. It's a very nice, easy-to-use service. It's relatively inexpensive. They do background checks uh, of the people. So they check their criminal record and their eviction notices and, and uh, you know, sex crimes kinds of things to make sure they're not you know, troublesome people. Um, and then they help people you know, communicate with each other and develop a lease or whatever they need to do. So I, I recommend the story is very interesting. It has a lot of uh, you know, personal stories about people who've used it. That sounds fascinating. I, it almost reminds me of a, uh, a little kind of aging place version of what we find with Airbnb. Yes, but it, this is more long term rather than just for a few nights or a week. Or, this is, you know, a six months or a year or long term, you know, living situations. People looking for apartments, you know, in, in the D.C. area, there's Howard University has a lot of students, but it's in a part of town where there's not a lot of housing for students. So they've been trying to get older adults in the area who have houses to rent out space to the students, and the students can in turn help the help the older adults out as well. So this this kind of thing is happening more and more uh, in neighborhoods that have aged and where people need this kind of service. I like this idea. I like the intergenerational piece to it too that you're referring to with Howard University. Yes, yes, it can. Another story we have in this section is. It's about people who are trying to downsize. Either they're moving to an apartment or a smaller house or something, and they're trying to get rid of some of their their valued possessions, their their collections, their yadros, their you know, uh, their stamp collections, whatever. <laughs> uh, and they want to pass it on to their kids. And you know what they're finding, of course, kids aren't interested in this kind of stuff nowadays. Mm-hmm. No one wants mm-hmm. the big furniture. Yeah. No yeah. one wants this kind of collective, you know, memorabilia stuff. So people are saying, what do I do? You know, it makes it so hard to downsize. So we have an article about what you can do, you know, the options that you might have uh, in terms of selling it or auctioning it off or um, giving it away to charity, whatever, you know, kinds of things there are to do. I like that too. I know that uh, with respect to my own parents and my mom now, she's got lots of these kinds of things, but, you know, whether it's grandchildren or her own children, we, we might not be thinking about those same lines. And to be honest with you, my wife and I, we're thinking of kind of purging a lot of the stuff that we've had <laughs> on hand over the years. Exactly. People don't have the amount of space they once did. Right. right. can afford, you know, lots of space nowadays. Well, it's certainly that time of year, right? The first of the year, you think about resolutions. We used it here at our house to kind of dig out a little bit. What else is coming up? What about, uh, you know, again, resolutions? We might be thinking about money. Any interesting topics that you want to bring up uh, for January's issue about the money section? Or? Well, sure, yeah. The beginning of the year has a lot of those kinds of things. I mean, people are thinking about their taxes for last year. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. whether you itemize or not is a big question. We have an article on that, how to figure out whether it's in your interest to itemize or not. Uh, we have an article about the new IRA contribution limits for 2019. And then people are worried about the stock market. You know, it's really going up and down. It's crazy every day. So there's an article about what to expect in 2019 in terms of stock. And uh, one of the articles suggests uh, playing defense by adding utilities to the portfolio. So we have a lot of different money section topics that relate to these kinds of issues people are facing right now. Mm -hmm. Technology is certainly in the news. It's always something that you cover well. Any technology stories that we should look for? Yeah, it's a fascinating one there as well. Uh, there are a lot of, you know this as well as I do, a lot of entrepreneurs now are focusing on the senior market as a place to develop new technologies to help people with disabilities or whatever problems they may have. I hadn't heard about this one. We have an article that talks about a young woman who's developed, she, she knows sign language. And the problem is, you know, people who are 
uh, deaf and who use sign language uh, can communicate with other people who know sign language, but not with people who are hearing and don't know sign language. So she's invented a glove, believe it or not. You put it on your hands before you do sign language. And when you're done with signing, you press a button and it says out loud what you just wrote in the air. Hmm. Wow. Can you imagine that? I am trying to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of that. <laughs> I, I, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. And apparently it works. She's developing it and getting it to, um, available publicly soon, we hope. And uh, another one which you may or may not have heard about is called the Seeing Eye app. I spelled A-I. It's an artificial intelligence. It comes from Microsoft. And it takes your smartphone and, and makes it into like a talking camera, they call it. So you can snap a picture of text and it'll read it aloud. You can use it to recognize faces, so tell you who, who's coming into the room. Um, you can identify product barcodes you're shopping, and you can just you know, aim it at the product, and it'll tell you what it is. Um, so there's so many creative things people are using, as they put it, to help make disabilities disappear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so we've covered a little bit on the money subject. We've talked a little bit about technology. Of course, housing and home care are, are going to be big ones. I, I'm, I'm interested personally in looking at that Silver Nest article, what else? We've got maybe health and travel. Sure. Oh, yeah. We have actually a lot a lot of stories in travel this month. Uh, for January, it, it might be considered surprising, but there are a lot of things we're talking about. Um, the main story is about cruises for people with special interests. There are so many. Everybody knows the big cruise lines and what they do with the, all the crazy, you know, excited little slides and, and performances and things they have. But there are all kinds of strange, different things out there. For example, if if you have a, a liking for tall ships with the beautiful tall sails, you can you can take a, a cruise on a wind-powered um, windjammer in Maine, and you can actually help steer the boat and learn how to navigate. I mean, it's a whole different experience for, from the usual cruise. Uh, and then in Asia, in Vietnam, they have uh, traditional Asian junk ships, they're called junks, and they, they ply the waters of some very unusual and beautiful areas in, in Asia. Uh, we even have uh, someone talking about taking a trip on a freighter, believe it or not. A uh, very small number of people are allowed to be guests on a freighter. And you eat with the sailors, you sit, you know, you communicate. There's no, it's not thousands of tourists, it's 15 people who are there you know, together with the crew of the, of the freighter. It's just very unusual things I had never heard of before, which seems like a very interesting option for people who are wanting something different. Yes, definitely. I like that. And then we have where to find reliable hotel reviews online. You're looking online and how do you know whether the reviews are legit or not? Uh, we have an article about how you can consider hiring help to make travel easier if, for example, you're traveling with somebody with a disability. There are companies out there, like Flying Companions is one, where they will have somebody go along on a trip. They'll take the person, pick them up, take them to the airport, get them through security, uh, stay, drive them where they need to go, where they're going, stay with them for the whole trip and come back with them as well. It's not cheap. But if you are traveling with someone who is um, disabled, that can be a very big help to make the trip better for everybody. And then we have one more story about how a number of older adults are exploring the world with an RV. They're going uh, all over the country and helping build houses for Habitat for Humanity, and they're just traveling everywhere they can possibly see and go. So a lot of different very interesting travel stories this month as well. I like that last one too, the idea of kind of giving back as you travel. Yes. And what... uh... What about health? That's a big one this time of year, too. Oh, always, yeah. So one of the health stories that I wanted to touch on is something called why you still need milk, uh, or at least a substitute for it. I mean, often people are saying, you know, it's it's 
people don't really need cow's milk. And as you get older, you don't really can't, your body can't digest it as well. And those things, you know, it may be true. A lot of people have stomach problems with milk, but what this article points out is that it is a complete protein. It has all the essential amino acids that your body needs. And that makes it a fairly unusual food. Uh, other food like that soy milk is also a complete protein. So that is a good um, substitute. But if you like almond milk or coconut milk, which is becoming more popular, you really need to pair it with something like whole wheat toast to get the other amino acids that you're missing. So this article talks about what are good substitutes for milk and why one might still drink milk when it's helpful. Mm. Good to know. What else do we have, Stuart? Well, our cover story was sort of cute. I don't know if you have seen the issue yet yourself, but um, the Wizards uh, have changed their um, halftime entertainment groups. <laughs> For many years, you know, they had the, the, the Wizards were, they had a, a female troops, you know, female cheerleaders and whatnot. Uh, lately, there's been a lot of push towards saying, well, let's, let's make this more um, not gender specific and let's have it more intergenerational and whatnot. So now... They have three different groups that entertain. They have the wizard dancers, which are men and women. They have a youth group called the Wiz Kids, which is a cute name, I think. Mm -hmm. And they've started a senior dance troupe for people 50 and older. And they call that the Wisdom, (laughs) W-Y-Z-D-O-M, which is very cute. Mm -hmm. And they are entertaining at half half time. Uh, They went out and had a a big... um, uh, tryouts for them. Some some months ago, more than 50 people tried out for the roles. And uh, they've managed to find some really exciting, you know, dancers out there, including people who used to dance when they were kids. One of them used to be actually a bullet, which was you know, the <laughs> bullet, the old bullet, had a girl uh, cheerleader team, and they used to, she was with that in 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 her in her in her twenties, and now she's in her fifties and she's dancing once again at Center State Center Court. So. I think that's a very fun story. Uh, these are all fun stories, and I love to talk to you about all this. So we, we just have a little bit more time left, Stuart Rosenthal. Any last words, any little uh, nuggets that we've missed from uh, the January edition? Well, I'll touch on two quick things. One is in our housing section that I mentioned, uh-huh. uh, every every time we have one of those sections, we have a special pullout form for a, um, a, a t- ticket drawing, drawing for theater tickets. So this month, uh, the drawing is for tickets to two to the Victorian Lyric Opera Company's production of uh, The Gondoliers by Gilbert and Sullivan. So if someone's interested in, in that, they should look for the paper and, and go to the center page and, and tear out that uh, form and send it back to us. We have until the end of the month to send that to us uh, to be in the drawing for tickets for two. Mm-hmm. We'll be two lucky winners for that. Okay, good. To know. And then, I don't know if we have time for this, but my column, my from the publisher column this mm-hmm, month, was about mm-hmm. a book that I was reading recently, which I really liked. Um, it's called Elastic, Flexible Thinking in a Time of Change mm-hmm. by Leonard Mladenov. And um, the book tells about how our brains think in different kinds of ways. We all assume that analytical thinking, logical thinking is what you know, is the hallmark of human thinking. But he really points out there's a whole different side of us, ourselves, our creative thought process, our elastic thinking, he calls it, which is done in a very different way from our analytical and logical thinking. And he says it really makes much stronger and more interesting connections and is what helps human beings be, become what we are. So it's a very interesting look at, at how the brain develops and how we can use it better ourselves and understand each other better by understanding how we think. This sounds like a really full issue, and I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of this in January's issue. But Stuart Rosenthal, publisher of the Beacon Newspapers, your enthusiasm is always so great. It's wonderful to talk to you again. Happy New Year. We're going to look forward to picking up the January Beacon newspapers where it's available. 
But thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And if people have a hard time uh, finding a copy or don't know where to go, they can give us a call. Can I give the number? Uh, please, absolutely. And give the website address. Sure. The phone number is 301-949-9766. And we can tell you where you can find a copy near you. There are more than 1,500 distribution sites throughout the D.C. area. And, of course, our website, as you point out, it's the Beacon Newspapers with an S at the end, dot com. And you can look at our current issue and all of our past, many years of past issues as well on our website. We encourage that as well. We always put links up to where you can find more information about the Beacon Newspapers. But Stuart Rosenthal, publisher, great perspective and insights on this month's edition. Thank you again for your time. Thank you, Paul. It's always fun talking to you, too. Thanks for joining Stuart Rosenthal and me for January's The Beacon Monthly, the publisher's podcast from the Beacon Newspapers. Remember, you can find the Beacon Newspapers distributed in many thousands of locations locally and our podcast distributed online in many locations too. Stuart Rosenthal and I hope you've enjoyed the January edition of the Beacon Monthly, the Beacon's publisher podcast, and look forward to next month's edition wherever you find your podcasts. Remember, let's talk about better, the not old better show. Thanks, everybody.